Hey, guys. It's me. <laughs> uh, you want to hear some joke first or you want to hear a story first? Hmm? Story first? Oh, okay. How many stories? How many jokes? <laughs> okay. This, uh, this is a story about Mahatma Sukhdev and King Janak. King Janak was a very good king, you know? He's a kind of a, a highly developed spiritual practitioner. Mahatma Sukhdev and King Janak. Hmm. It is said that this is impossible to find God without a master. I don't know why is that. Do you know? Hmm? Did you find God without a master? No. No? Okay. Me neither. <laughs> I'm looking for a master <laughs> to show me God. <laughs> Even if God comes down, yeah? I have to go through this channel. It's like that. If you want to go to higher level, huh? Eh? If you want to go low level, like even third level, you can make it yourself. <laughs> Mahatma Sukhdev, uh, who possessed, possessed 14 merits, was the son of Rishi Vedvyas. Okay. He had true knowledge while still in his mother's womb. Wow. And was reluctant to be born because he feared that he would forget all he knew under the influence of Maya. Are we not all, huh? So fearful, right? You still? Are you still fearful? Be back again? Be born again? No? You're not fearful to be born again? Yes. Yes? <laughs> oh, what is it? Like some shake hair, some... I don't know. What, 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 why you shake your head? Don't want to be reborn again, okay. <laughs> you don't want to be reborn again. That's a very good, good answer. <laughs> okay, here goes. But he has to be born, okay. <laughs> so here comes the baby, Wawa, come to life. Shortly after his birth, Sukhdev, uh, an evolved soul and a great ascetic, left for the forest to continue his devotion. One day, as he sat in his meditation, it occurred to him that he should go to the temple of Vishnupuri and see face to face the one whom he worshipped every day. I mean, he wanted to see Vishnu, yeah, the Lord Vishnu. But when he reached the temple gate, he was turned away. The Lord Vishnu said to him, Sukhdev, I am extremely sorry. Yeah. Because the gatekeeper reported this to him, yeah? You have no guru, and no one can ever gain entrance here without a guru. Oh, sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> Even if you go second level, you need a guru too. <laughs> because Vishnu is supposed to be the lord of the second, eh? Second plane, no? So this guy just even want to come have a look at him in his temple. And the lord Vishnu... Didn't let him. So Sukhdev went straight to his father and told him what had happened. He was a vain boy and thought that since he was the son of a great sage who had himself carried out spiritual practice for a long time, there was no need for him to have a guru. Ha! Wrong. 
having received the instruction from Lord Vishnu himself. However, he sought his father's advice as to which guru he should select. The father said, There's only one guru whom I can suggest, and that is King Janak. Hmm. His father replied. So Sudev was very surprised. Father, I do hope that you have not lost your wits in your old age. <laughs> Janak is a king. Well, I am a sage. He means if he go and sit in under the tree <laughs> and renounce everything, then he's a sage. Yeah. Maybe he was a sage before he was born, but now he's born, he lost all that. Understand me? See how Buddha has to go through six and a half years? See how Jesus has to be in a wilderness and travel great distance to learn with other masters? Yeah? Before he became a master again. See how Prophet Muhammad have to f- had to forsake his family? Yeah? And went into a cave and meditate. Until the Gabriel uh, angel came and tell him, "You're okay now. <laughs> you can get out and preach." See that? Huh? And so did a Guru Nanak and uh, the Jain master, the Hindu master, whoever that might be. If you went down to this physical world, you play the rules here, and that's the point. Yeah. All right. So. He, Sukhdev, continued to protest to his father. And he's a, house, he's a householder, means a lay person, eh? and I am an ascetic, as if that matters <laughs> to God, and if God cares, <laughs> as if God cares how much money you have or don't have. <laughs> Understand? <laughs> so he continued. He holds court in a palace while I am a hermit. How could I take him as my guru? So the father told him, There's nobody else who could be your guru. He is the only perfect master at this era, at this time. Too bad. (laughs) Twelve times Sukhdev's father sent him to King Janak, but always due to doubt or misgivings. The son returned before reaching the king, even before reaching the king. Even. Oh, thank God I'm not a king, or somebody will not doubt too much, but I'm wearing a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Looks similar, yeah. That is because in the old time I was king and queen, yeah. And I have to live up the end of it if I don't want to come back here. Understand? <laughs> the end of the, the luxury <laughs> before... I can go free forever. Okay, that's just for your information. Take it or leave it. <laughs> oh, God. Once, Sukhdev even got as far as the palace of the king. But on seeing its richness and the great assembly, assemblage of worldly people, he was disillusioned by all the splendor and thought to himself, the mind thinking again, the ego come up. The king is completely given to sensual pleasures, he thought. I cannot accept him as my guru. Here come. (laughs) You obstruct yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the law in the universe is that 
you lose spiritual merit if you slander or even suspect a realized soul. Yeah, a realized master, a great master, a perfect master. The more the doubts and suspicions that Sukhdev entertained, the greater was the loss that he suffered. Eventually, only two of his fourteen merits left for him. He has fourteen merits before. Now he squandered it all by thinking negatively about a perfect master like King Janak. Yeah, I told you before. No matter if you're king or queen, commoner, garbage collector, if you have a perfect master and you practice well, you can be enlightened. You can be great saint. You can even be perfect master too. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the robe, huh? with the clothes. <laughs> Suppose I take all this off, don't wear nothing. Do you think I lose something? <laughs> I lose some clothes. Yes. <laughs> Does it make any difference what I wear? Huh? Tell me. Or what you wear? Huh? Or not wear? To wear or not to wear? <laughs> has nothing to do with our spiritual attainment. <laughs> Understand? Yes. yes, okay. So at home I'm walking even, you know, bare feet and wearing nonsense, whatever available. And here I'm, they brought a lot of stuff, so I just wear it <laughs> for you to look at. Last time I didn't wear anything, huh? Last week, because I didn't bring anything with me. I just uh, make it simple. Uh, this time the Maoli people come and they want me to sell all this. <laughs> so I'm just a cheap model, you know. Yeah, not even paid for it. <laughs> like the like the farmer boss yesterday, <laughs> the half-witted farmer boss, yeah. <laughs> all the employee get all this and that benefit and get paid so much, so much, and he bring home $15 <laughs> if he's lucky, yeah, after tax and uh, all expenses, yeah, and repair, repairing for equipment and security uh, benefit for the employees. He has only 15 left. <laughs> but he has a name, though, boss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a name cannot earn you much, but you got a name. <laughs> all right. Now... When he was sent back to the king by his father for the thirteenth time, <laughs> the sage Narad, another sage who can see things, you know, a clairvoyant sage, who lived nearby, saw what was going on and took great pity on Sukhdev. Feel sorry for him. Because you know he has only... Two coins left, hmm? <laughs> two merit left. So he thought to himself, the sage, yeah? the sage Narad, this poor soul is losing all his merits and should be saved, he thought. Ah, uh, there was a small river on the way to Sukhdev's Sukhdev home, and Narad Muni, disguised, as an old Brahmin, started carrying mud and throw it into the water of the river. As he did so, the fast-flowing current simply carried away every time. Of course, no? Yeah? If you throw mud in a, in a fast-flowing current water, what will happen? It will stay on top of the water waiting for you? 
Huh? To make a bridge? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> so, Sukhdev was observing this and thinking to himself again, This stupid man! <laughs> He's trying to make a dam on a fast-flowing river. And it won't work, yeah? He's <laughs> a clever young <laughs> ascetic. So he come and talk to him. Sukhdev come and talk to the old man, say, Hey, old man, look here, listen to me. Please, first collect a few pieces of wood, place them in position, then bridge, then bring large chunks of earth, and lastly throw on the fine mud. Then, only then, will you be able to make a small dam across the stream. Otherwise, you can go on throwing mud into the river, as you are now doing for the rest of your life, and it will be a waste of time and effort. Wow, how wise! <laughs> like, it sounds familiar, like many of my disciples trying to tell me a lot of things what to do. <laughs> and I listen to all this advice all the time, and I'm still not getting any wiser. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do ask the advice, just for fun, you know, see how they react. And I begin immediately, Yes, Master, I know everything about that. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It depends on how much ego he has. He would jump at the occasion to teach me right away. <laughs> uh, Sometimes I ask them to be friendly, you know? Yeah, just so that they feel closer to me and not feel too distant. Like Master also asks advice. So no problem. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> We're buddies. Yeah? <laughs> Something like that. Okay. But of course, sometimes I don't know some things, yeah? My specialty, like computer stuff, then of course I ask, yeah? Mm. Well, the old man replied to Sukhdev, I'm only losing my day's effort. But there is a young man who is a bigger idiot than I am. <laughs> and his name <laughs> seemed to be Sukhdev. <laughs> Son of Vetvias, he has already lost twelve of the fourteen merits that he possessed from former life because of his misgivings about King Janak. Only two remain to him now. <sighs> My God. Honestly, hurts, huh? <laughs> How you say? Uh, straightforward advice? Yeah? You only get from good friend. Yeah? Most people don't care to tell you about your wrong. Or what doesn't concern them, no? Uh, you won't give them anything. And maybe you even get mad at them. And maybe curse them. Maybe even criticize them. Or fall out of friendship. So most of the people you have around you don't dare saying anything to you. Yeah? Also, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they mind their own business. Or maybe they don't even know what to say to you even because they don't know anything. They don't know anything better to say, right? They don't know any better than you. So you need some good friend like this old man, you see, who, not, who fear of losing nothing, who, who, how, how you say, who express the truth, yeah, to benefit that young man unconditionally, yeah? He wants nothing in return. Anyway. Gasukdev also was an ascetic. He possessed nothing with him anyway. <laughs> How can an ascetic give an old man anything? And the old man is a sage, also an ascetic himself. 
he also needs nothing from Sukhdev. So this is truly unconditional friendship, true love. Eh? And you tell the truth to wake your friend up, to help your friends. That's what people do when they really care about you. Yeah? Not telling you always your good stuff, yeah? uh, which is not true even, just to flatten you, just to boost your ego uh, for some benefit, or maybe just, uh, just uh, to have a good feeling uh, from you. <laughs> okay, now, Sukhdev, do you think he listened? Have a guess. Does he listen or not? Not the first time. Not the first time? Oh, okay. You think he listen now? Yeah, okay. Who else? Yeah, okay. You think he he listen? Anybody else? Anybody who thinks he listen right now, raise hand. Anybody who thinks he will listen later, the last merit, raise hand. And other no opinion? <laughs> I didn't listen, huh? I don't understand English. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good excuse, huh? Okay. Let's see what Sukhdev react. Sukhdev, even though he was very proud of his spiritual standing and his asceticism, he fainted after he heard Nara's word. He just collapsed. Something hit him. Hmm? Some truth hit him direct on the heart. He fainted. Oh... When he regained consciousness, there was no one there. But he remembered the old man's words and swearing to himself that nothing now would keep him from his goal, he set out once more to meet King Janak. The Lord has his ways of bringing his souls back to him, to him. Although Sukhdev still could not understand the need for a master, he was not ready to lose his last two merits. So it was that he set off to the king's court for the fourteenth time. <laughs> okay, that's good, huh? Yeah. Why did Sukhdev faint it? Anybody have idea? Why did he faint it when he heard the old man say that? Yeah, he was shocked, but why should he be so shocked? What made him so shocked? He realized what the truth, okay, but how does he believe them and the guy? How could he? He didn't even know the man. He didn't even respect him in the beginning. How could he believe the old man and so shocked that he fainted? Tell me the main point. Hmm? He touched his soul. He touched his soul, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, how come his father's <laughs> word didn't touch his soul before? So well, tell me what? Tell me why. Anybody outside can come in if you have idea. I will give you three cakes. <laughs> Anybody from outside come in? Anybody? They want to come in? Anybody? Check it out. Come here, guys. I'm waiting. Count into ten. Nine. Hmm? Yeah, we know that. Uh, perhaps, yes. Yes, of course, we know that. But how did he believe an old man? Check your IQ. It's so obvious. The old man told him about his dad, 
That's right. That's right. Because the old man doesn't know him, yeah, and he doesn't know the old man. How does he know his father, his name, and where he's going, and what he was doing, and all the intimate thought of him about King Janak? And not everybody knows about that. Hmm? And also, the old man would not need anything from him. You see. Whereas the father, you know, maybe your father, of course, always push the children to go learn this and do that. You know, you take your father's advice for granted. Yeah? Most, many children do not believe parents. Maybe sometimes because they live together and personality conflict possible. Yeah? Or some, because you take your parents for granted. They teach you since young. They always tell you, clean your teeth, brush your tongue, <laughs> change your socks. You know, it's all this kind of thing. And the children seem to be too tired of advice from parents. Yeah, that's one more thing. Of course, he has also the, uh, how you say, uh, the narrow conception of how a sage should look like and how a spiritual perfect master should live their lives, uh, his life or her life. That's why. You see what I mean? That's the trouble with people. You just want a master to fit your window. <laughs> and small as that. <laughs> yeah. And you don't uh, learn any much further. I mean, even suppose he was uh, right about ascetism, yeah? That is good or anything for, for him or for anybody. But look at so many other masters in the past. Yeah, they are not always ascetic. See, the Kuaning Bodhisattva of China, she is all diamonds and <laughs> yeah, jewelry all over, no? Hmm. And uh, other Bodhisattva, I saw them drawing picture with a lot of uh, decoration, no? Hmm. And uh, uh, Sekamoni Buddha is ascetic, you know, of course. But there are many others who are not. Other master who are not, yeah. So this guy, it's just too square. <laughs> of course, if you are very attached to sensual pleasures and all the splendor, uh, material splendor of the world, then it's good for you to be detached, yeah, to balance your life, yeah. But if somebody like King Janak, you know, he could give up his kingdom and everything in a second notice, yeah. It's just that he has to continue because it's his destiny. It's the, the fixed karma of this lifetime. That's what he has to do. So he does it. Yeah? That doesn't mean he's attached to all this uh, luxury of the palace or any position. He couldn't care less. That's the best king. When you don't care about position and power of a kingdom, then you can be the best king. Because you don't do it for position, for gain for respect from your subjects, but you're doing it to take care of your people, to discharge your duty as predestined before you're born. Yeah? So then he's a good king, and of course he's a good master as well, because he, his heart doesn't attach to whatever around him. His heart attached to the truth, yeah? To the teaching of God. So it doesn't matter what he wears, what he does, really. But being less enlightened... This Sukhdev begin to judge, you know, how a master should be. 
So that's why he couldn't bear it when King Nanak lived in luxury, have perhaps one wife and many other extras. <laughs> yeah, but maybe the king has wife and extra wives, but his heart is not attached to there. That's just whatever. A lot to him in this lifetime, you know? A lot of diamond, a lot of gold, a lot of wives, or a lot of palace. He just had to accept it, yeah? And there are also other masters like uh, Kabir. He was on, only a cobbler, no? Yeah, and he also a great master. He doesn't have to be king or uh, a monk, you know, or anybody special. All right. In Vietnam, you can't run away from your allotted, you know, destiny in this lifetime. The only important thing is you have to search for a master and practice spiritual enlightenment. And the rest, whatever you have, you have. Yeah, whatever you don't have, you don't have. <laughs> Very simple is that. There's no need to forsake anything. Because if you run away from this thing, another time, another thing will come up, maybe even worse. Yeah? Understand me? Yeah. It is, has nothing to do with spiritual marriage. Just your heart is important. That you don't attach to whatever. And that should be fine. Yeah? Okay. In Vietnam, there was a king. Oh, he's a very, very compassionate king. Yeah? And he's not very attached to position as king or royalty, nothing at all. So, uh, because he has a good master, you know? So he was very enlightened and he's very compassionate to his subject. He takes care of the poor people and all that, you know? Very, very famous king of Vietnam. His name is Li Thanh Tong, I think, if my memory is that good. It's since 50 some years when I learned his name. <laughs> I don't even know this guy. <laughs> uh, he's in history, you know? I wasn't very good at history. I learned it well. I know everything because I learned quick. But I didn't like history too much. It got full of bloodshed and war, and I hate it so much. Uh, whichever king comes up, he has to destroy the ex-kings, and oh, it's a lot of stuff that I don't like. Yeah? So, but it's good this guy is a very good king. Uh, finally, at the moment of too detachment, too much detachment, he went away, you know, he escaped, <laughs> went away, just like Sekamoni Buddha. I guess he worshipped this guy, Sekamoni Buddha, as his model, hero. So he went to the temple and shaved his head and become a monk, yeah, anonymously, you know, because at that time people don't know what the king looked like, you know, yeah. And mostly when you see the king come out, you have to look down. If you look up, they might jail you or might, 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 might kill you just to protect the king's identity. And some of the king even received uh, subjects or officials to, into the court at midnight or 2, 3 o'clock in the morning when it's darker, yeah? And they even wear a hat with some pearl curtain hanging in front, you know, <laughs> so that they don't recognize the king very well because they worry about assassination. In the old time, it's like that. If you kill the king, then you can become king. So easy. <laughs> and there's so many stories about that, you know, right? Yeah. Just like checkmate, you know? <laughs> and then you're done. Yeah. Uh, so the, this king went to a temple, became a monk. And his, uh, how you say, prime minister, yeah? Yeah. After find out, sending spies all over the country, find out where he is, where he was, take the whole court officials with him to the temple, camp outside the gate, 
bring all the stamps, the seals, <laughs> whatever, and his crown and his thorn, everything put out there in the tent, <laughs> and say, yeah, wherever the king is, that's where the court should be. <laughs> so, so they make the the capital right outside the temple of the gate and make the king work just like usual. <laughs> you understand me? Whatever he wears, it doesn't matter to him. Okay, if they don't, he doesn't want to wear the crown. They just put it on his chair, <laughs> and his uh, clothes, you know, hang on 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 the side, and the throne on the chair. And the seal, you know, the royal seal and the king's, uh, all the official uh, office uh, stuff is all laying around there, you know, array for him, just like in the in his palace, yeah. And then uh, they begin to construct palace around the temple as well. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Then he has to go back home, hmm? Because otherwise they will disturb the whole temple. All the poor monks have nothing to do with him. <laughs> Has to hear all the cock cock clanking all day with the construction noise. You understand me? Yeah. So it's good. So you see, even he ran away anonymously. Nobody knew where he went. And at that time we didn't have newspaper or television or paparazzi or anything. <laughs> then we can, we can you know, report about where he's, he's at. No, but the prime minister found out, and, well, he was successful in making him a king again. What I mean is you can't run away, okay, from your fixed karma in this lifetime. When we are in this domain, we play the rules of this kingdom, physical kingdom. All right. So the only thing we can do is to renounce in our heart and not our word appearance, yeah, okay? Right. Any question? Hmm? No, it's so clear, right? Hmm. It's difficult, huh? Can you see, huh? It's difficult to be a master in this world, huh? Okay. If you are an ascetic or a monk and you go around begging, people think, oh, maybe you do it for food, <laughs> work for food. <laughs> and if you are a king, yeah, have everything, but teach people for free, people also say, oh, yeah, he's attached. He's not uh, renunciate. He's all for luxury and fame and name and political splendor. He's not a real master. You got me? Yeah. And if you were a Buddhist monk, say, oh, I'm Catholic. I don't follow this <laughs> a heathen. Yeah. And if you were a Catholic priest, uh, Rob, the Buddhist say, huh? no, <laughs> he's not Buddhist. He's uh, also heathen. You know, according to Buddhist, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Huh? Or if you were a Muslim, it's the same stuff, yeah? <laughs> Muslim, Sufi, clothes, it's the same stuff. <sighs> so, you see? Hmm? Yesterday, uh, not the day before, the uh, journalist asked me uh, why I wear this and don't wear that. I said, I cannot represent Buddhists alone, nah? Buddhism alone. So it has to be <laughs> changed, yeah? i got to be looking like you so that you can identify that we are okay. And if I can attain some enlightenment, you can. Yeah. There's no need to bow to me immediately because I wear a monk's robe, you know? In every country, people bow to the monks, no matter what kind of spiritual attainment he has. Yeah. Every country, monks or priests, yeah? Immediately, you, you feel a distance between you and him. He's a holy guy or she's a, 
uh, how you say, very, very highly developed person, and we are just normal. You understand? We can never be like her, so we better worship her, <laughs> something like that. Worship her and forget about the Buddha and God also. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's no good, is it? Yeah? So after reconsideration, I just change, yeah? For everybody. But still, they don't like it also, <laughs> you know? If I am Buddhist monk, they don't like it. If I'm Catholic monk, some people would not like it. If I'm a Muslim, <laughs> uh, uh, how you say, uh, mullah, they might not. Other religious also don't like it. And if I am a Jewish rabbi, oh, also forget all about it. <laughs> you understand me? Yeah. So, and now I'm wearing no, nobody clothes, they still don't like it. <laughs> In Vietnam, we say, <laughs> you can never please everybody's heart. If you're fat, they say, oh, you look like a balloon. <laughs> if you're skinny, they say, oh, look like a toothpick. <laughs> and if it's raining, they say, oh, it's so wet. <laughs> if it's sunny, they say, it's so hot, <laughs> so dry. You understand me? Even God also get criticism <laughs> from humans all the time. How come you rain today? I just want to go out, have fun, a picnic. Okay. How come it's so hot, sunny today? I just want to go out for a picnic. <laughs> Too hot for a picnic. <laughs> Too wet for a picnic. <laughs> Understand? Yeah? Even God is not <laughs> favorite to everybody at all times. Yeah. So I just quit. <laughs> Quit trying to please anybody, yeah? I do what I want, and that's a freedom of living, no? <laughs> if you're not free in this lifetime, will, when will you be free? Huh? I mean, your spirit, right? If you always subject to people telling you what to do. Today they tell you to be Buddhist. Tomorrow they tell you to be Muslim. Next day they tell oh, Catholic better, uh, uh, look better on you. <laughs> and next day they say, oh, the, the Jewish cap <laughs> suits you better, <laughs> and blah, 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 you know? So you just be free, okay? The way you are is good. You are free, and you know who you are, at least some, some part of yourself. Eh? And if you don't know your whole body yet, you know up to the stomach is also not bad, no? <laughs> <laughs> and slowly come up and know the chest and the throat, uh, maybe the face. Oh, it's me, all right. <laughs> yeah? Enlightenment is like that, you know? Know yourself, eh? Okay, now you know a little bit of yourself. Yeah, or much of yourself, different people, yeah. But you're knowing something about yourself, eh? And you recognize that great self, and that's the real you. Hmm? That's important. Who cares what you wear or not wear? <laughs> I'm telling you honestly, if you are all become nudists here, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I would just laugh because we look better with clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will laugh, you know. <laughs> oh, maybe I cover my eyes. Not, not because I'm embarrassed, but I think I saw you better yesterday with the clothes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not all of us have a good shape, you know. It depends on, of course, personal taste, of course. Né? But uh, I, I told you I happened to be in a nudist camp by accident, remember? <laughs> They lead me into a nudist camp in California, tell me to buy that center for retreat, no? <laughs> didn't tell me anything where I'm going. So when the, the 
the Adam opened the gate. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I hope it's not written on my face. I tried to be as natural and casual as possible. <laughs> A tough girl, enlightened master is no big deal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what else would I do? <laughs> uh, I'm sure they had a good laugh at me at home later on, you know, the disciple behind me. <laughs> and then it's not the worst, you know, they get the car or something, take me around, and everywhere is Adams and Eves. <laughs> yeah, I, well, no big deal, really. But what I meant is, I was a little disappointed. <laughs> I was hoping to see something better, you know. Because everybody was so curious about, uh, you know, birthday suits, yeah? Everywhere, the people pay a lot of money to go to see those uh, poor ladies and poor men. You know what I mean? Yeah? And uh, some magazine uh, earn a lot of money because of showing some Adams and Eva suits, no? Yeah. And everybody said, oh, this is forbidden. You know, this magazine you don't read because there are naked women in there. <laughs> I was thinking some big deal about it. When I see them, oh my God, a little bit disappointing. <laughs> I'd rather they put on clothes and a more illusion of beauty and, and uh, I say charm, you know? And that's, it. that's the only thing that, that, that you will feel when seeing too many people naked, you know? I feel this illusion. <laughs> I thought, why don't you put some clothes on? You look better, you know? Things like that. Oh, not to mean criticize or anything, you know? People want to be free, yeah? Even... Free from wearing clothes. Uh, I, I told you the couple I met in Spain some times ago, and she was on and on about how she's so excited, looking forward to sell this house so that she can go to a certain place in Spain where it's a nudist villa. They have their own post, a supermarket, and etc., uh, etc. Et you know, they make a village. And she said, the moment you enter that gate, you just take off everything. <laughs> you never have to wear clothes again to the, to the rest of your life. <laughs> and she's a tailor. You understand that? <laughs> what a paradox. She makes clothes for everybody, but she hates to wear them. <laughs> I don't blame her. I don't blame her. Sometimes the official clothes is kind of uh, stuffy, no? Yeah. But uh, it's okay. I can bear it. You want to go now? Oh, you want another story? <laughs> Bedtime story for kids. Bedtime story, huh? Okay, one more. Why not? The thief who mended his ways. There's a guy named Dadu Dayal. He's a great master, eh? In the past. He said that the Satguru means the real master. Sat means true. Yeah? True. Guru master. So... Satguru means a true master, a real master, a perfect master. Yeah. The Satguru makes of the beast a man. He can turn a beast into a man. Okay. The man, he can turn into a saint, and the saint into a god. And the god, you know, he can turn that god into the supreme being himself. That's what a Satguru can do. Okay. Just uh, to demonstrate the power of the guru, yeah? But the supreme being doesn't have to be made by the master. 
It's just even if the supreme being come down, have to also go through the process. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even Jesus, remember, he let himself be baptized. Well, initiated by John, the Baptist. There was once a notorious thief who, when he was about to die, called his son to his bedside and said to him, My son, here is the best advice that I can give you. You know, the thief said to his thief son. <laughs> he inherited the father's professional. <laughs> Very filial son, huh? filial son. First, as a thief, you should never enter a temple, mosque, or hostel for pilgrims, you know, like ashram, yeah. church, any kind to do with holy practice. <laughs> Second, if you are ever caught stealing, never confess, even if you are beaten, black and blue. Of course, if you confess, you're doomed, no? Yeah? They'll kill you or chop your hand off, depends on the country, huh? Or jail you for life. Yeah. So he said, if you're severely beaten, don't ever confess. Yeah. After this, the king of thieves died. He was a very famous thief then. He never got caught or maybe never get jailed. You see that? He lived until old age, so that means he's a good thief. <laughs> After that, the son went out stealing every night. But one night, he had broken into a house. The people woke up and they raised the alarm and caught him. So he didn't know uh, which way to go. So he, uh, he just ran, run and run. And then he happened to have the one-way escape is to run into the hostel for pilgrim. Yeah. You know, like uh, people, like in India, they constructed uh, pilgrim hostels everywhere in the Himalaya. You know, every... Uh, few ten miles, they have one, you know, for free. You can stay there. It is nothing, no bed, nothing. You just sleep on the muddy ground, wet and whatever it is. They don't offer you anything, just a roof, yeah. Uh, so I told you already, yeah, that I was in a couple of them, several of them, yeah. So he remembered his father's advice, but since he has no option else, he went into the hostel. And the lecture satsang, satsang means the discourse about the truth. Yeah? That's the Hindu uh, a Sanskrit word for discourse about the truth, like master lecture, something like that, okay? So the satsang, or the lecture about the truth, had just begun. He remembered his father's advice, but he's already in the hostel, so he cannot do anything. He plucked his ears so that he don't have to hear it. Yes. But... Uh, he happened to get itchy somewhere, so he scratched and then lose one of his ears, and he heard one sentence. God and goddesses has no shadow, cast no shadow. Yeah? Remember, <laughs> maybe he went into initiation, huh? God and goddesses have no shadows. So he was thinking to himself, what concerns me whether they have shadow or no shadow? <laughs> so he didn't care about that, Yeah? I didn't even hear that on my own free will anyway. It just happened by accident. <laughs> so he was, like, protesting for himself, you know, against his father's spirit, I guess, <laughs> in case he's looking. <laughs> so meanwhile, the police came and caught him. Oh, and they beat him up, but he did not confess at all. According to the laws of the time, an accused person could not be sentenced unless he had confessed. 
Eventually, he was brought before the king, who also had him beaten, but to no avail, didn't confess. He really is a good son, huh? <laughs> very obedient. So he saved him. Yeah. But they really knew that he's a thief. Yeah. People identify him and know that he's a thief, but because he did not confess, so they don't know what to do. Later on, somebody advised them that uh, even thieves very believe in God and goddesses. Yes. So the police hire a woman criminal who advised them that the thief you would be afraid and would confess only to God and goddesses. Yeah. So she uh, promised she could make him confess his crime. So one night, this woman disguised herself as a goddess. She has two artificial arms attached to herself, you know, like some of the Durga. You know, Durga has four arms and uh, ride on a lion or tiger, yeah? And she ride herself uh, with the arrangement of the police on a fake tiger. <laughs> like some of the goddess in India, you know, she ride on a tiger or on a lion, on tiger. Yes, there must be Durga, the goddess, yes. She rides on a tiger and has four arms. As, as she entered, the door of the young thief's room was open automatically. They arrange it, you know, like, like as if she's really a goddess. She come in and the door just open. <laughs> they probably affect <laughs> a string somewhere, you know, hidden, <laughs> and open the door for her, unlocked already, yeah? Wow. So the woman goddess, fake goddess, said to the thief, I come to save you, my son. But... If you have committed a theft, you have to confess to me first. Then I can erase your sin. The thief was just about to speak uh, the truth, you know, about his uh, crime. But then he suddenly noticed that the goddess has a shadow. (laughs) 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 You know already, yeah? So he, he remembered what he has heard in the pilgrim's hostel during the brief period and the itching time <laughs> that he let his ear loose. God and goddess cast no shadows. Oh, so he said to himself, I know she's a fraud. So he said to her in the most innocent voice, Divine being, I'm not guilty at all. They just beat me up for nothing. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> I cannot bear any more this injustice. Oh, they don't give me good thing to eat here. They beat me up a lot. I'm going to die. If your great power blessing don't help me, then just kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, if you have com- if I even have committed a theft, you would have known anyway. So you don't even need to ask me. <laughs> You know I did not, right? (laughs) You know it. You are the goddess. You know it. Oh, God. So, of course, the police and the guard, you know, with microphone, uh, loudspeaker outside, heard everything. So they said, oh, this man is innocent. And let him free. (laughs) So he's free to go. Yeah? Oh, so happy. Go home. You know, recover from the wounds, scars, and eating good, well, everything. And then... He was thinking to himself, I just accidentally heard one sentence huh, from the teaching <laughs> of the truth. 
and it saves me from torture, saves me from death, yeah, save my honor, everything. What more good would it be if I attend and listen to the whole thing and every day? <laughs> so of course, he came to the, you know, temple again and listened to the master discourse every day, and he became a Kuan Yin practitioner. <laughs> under the Supreme Master Ching Hai. <laughs> and he never still again. And he became a great saint of that time. Bravo! <laughs> nice story, huh? Hmm. I think so. It's a really beautiful story. Huh? Oh, there's a story about two lovers. You want to hear? Maybe I come back in a while, okay? I leave it here so you know I come back. <laughs> uh, maybe I found some more comfortable dress. <laughs> it's all your fault. You cook a lot of stuff. <laughs> And if I can't sell any of this, it's your fault. <laughs> when they look at me like this, how I sell my dress, huh? <laughs> See, so it has to be, you know, like, mm-hmm, huh? Okay. Too many people, so we can always quiz. What did I promise you before? A story or a joke? Story? Ah, there's a love story? I am just suitable for this kind of story. Okay, when people are in love, they put on makeup and nice, nice clothes. Yeah? Yeah and uh, nice hair. Yeah, maybe I'm in love. <laughs> I'm in love with you guys. I'm in love with life. I'm in love with beauties. I'm in love with God. <laughs> Just like you are. We're all in love, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, so in this in love atmosphere, we tell a love story, and it's very, very suitable, no? This is a story of love about Laila and Masnun. Mm. Kabir, Saint Kabir, have written some poem about that. Love grows not on trees, nor in shops can it be bought, king or subject, only they who deserve it by giving their head might have it. Wow. In that case, you have to consider whether we should be in love or not. You've got to give your head away. <laughs> Does he mean you chop your head off? Huh? There are some kitchen knives, no? <laughs> we'll be afraid to fall in love in that case, huh? Okay. This means do not reason. 
Yeah, reason is not the language of love. Yeah, one of my poems say that, right? Yeah, reason is not the logic of love. So, means you don't use your mind. Yeah, you don't calculate. If I am in love with this or that person or that thing, what gain me? Yeah, <laughs> what benefit me? So that just just mean you give away your mind, your argumentative ego. Yeah. Doesn't mean you chop your head off, eh? Please don't do that when you're in love. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> love no more, right? No, no more. <laughs> if you don't have person, how fall in love, right? Okay. So in case you fall in love, keep your head, okay? <laughs> Just chop your mind away, yeah. He means true love, yeah. Mm. Okay, but the love of the people on this planet is. Also, a reflection of God's love. You see, and when you love, you lose your head. It's like that. Yeah, that's why when people love God, yeah, they forsake everything. Yeah, the king forsake his kingdom. Mm-hmm. The prince forsake his uh, inheritance. The queen forsake her luxuries, and even uh, a normal people they forsake their house, their family. Even their possession, anything that they deem obstructive to their love, forgot. Mm. Similar to uh, ordinary love in this life, person who is deeply in love with God, he has no reason. He cannot explain to people why he has to leave his family, why he has to renounce all his possession, to go into somewhere or nowhere, sit there alone. And thinking of God, contemplate on God, and want to know God, want to be near God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he doesn't even know what that God looks like. <laughs> Mostly before you contemplate, before you have meditation technique, before you met a master, uh, you don't even know what God looks like anyway. How can you fall in love with somebody? You don't even know. That is a madness. Yeah, but. That's the way of love. Hmm? Hmm. The same with the, we fall in love with the human representative of God, yeah, which is look like this, that, all that, <laughs> all that, all that. The black one there. <laughs> Are you in love? Yeah. <laughs> See that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. No matter if it's a king or prince, princess. If you are in love, you are just helpless, right? Okay. In this poem, Kabir Sahib, I don't think he talks about worldly love between a man and a woman, or between a man and a man, or between a woman and a woman, or between a woman and man or woman, <laughs> or vice versa. You know it already. Well, we have to include everybody. We are democratic. Yes. I don't think he meant this love, yeah, because he's a great saint. What he talk about here is that crazy love, yeah, of Jesus, of Buddha, of Muhammad, of uh, himself, <laughs> Kabir, of Guru Nanak, of many other crazy prophets. <laughs> There's so much in love that there nothing in this world could stop them, not even losing their head. But the thing is, they already lost their head. <laughs> That's why they could fall in love so deeply with God. 
Anybody still have their head intact, <laughs> they can't fall in love like that. So there must be something wrong with their head already. <laughs> like us, <laughs> like you and I. Look at us. Huh? <laughs> Look at all this crazy face sitting here. <laughs> you only have face, you don't have head anymore. <laughs> or maybe you have just a part of your head still there. Or maybe it's just a fake head. <laughs> what he meant here is that you must really completely detach yourself of all the possession in the world, of all the desire for this ephemeral nature of the world, and anything that doesn't last, yeah, you must completely lose yourself, lose your mind. That's the way it is, not lose yourself. Then you can be really a lover of God. Anything else that you love in this world will dilute somehow the intensity of this crazy love. <laughs> I should call it crazy love. Because in the eyes of the world, these kind of people are crazy, huh? And look at you, huh? You have husband, wife, children, yeah? And you are somebody in the society, and you come here, you don't even have a place to sit. <laughs> Some of you are rich, yeah? I don't mean just you here, but the people who will be watching. Uh, some of you are rich, yeah? Millionaires, yes. And, uh, I mean, big officials in the society or somebody in the society, yeah? And I come here, my house is small, <laughs> you squeeze together, <laughs> sit on top of each other like that, almost. <laughs> yeah, then you must be crazy, no? <laughs> Just confess. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Not like, okay, come here and she serve you tea all day or... <laughs> I do something good for you. I just talk nonsense from the book. <laughs> and uh, have nowhere to sit even. No? Don't even have a room to sit. I sit on a tent, in a tent, yeah, and cold and all that. And have to wait for until the 50 to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky, sometimes the hundreds, right? <laughs> well, luckily this time I've earned some more money. I rent some bathroom for you. <laughs> you better this time? Yes, why didn't anybody think about that? I guess they didn't want to charge you much further, <laughs> just to sit in a tent. Yeah. Never mind, if you are good, maybe God will, heaven will give you a bigger room later on. Hmm? I'm working on it, <laughs> okay? But even then, if, even if I don't have any other bigger room, you would come here and sit on your butt like that anyway, right? Hmm. So this is the intensity of love. Yeah? Nobody forced you to come here. <laughs> you come voluntarily. <laughs> and some people are not even allowed to come. <laughs> I'm crying at home. Yeah? <laughs> you know? <laughs> disturbing my heart. What do we do? We don't have enough room, no? If everybody come here, where do we sit? Even on top of each other, not enough room. <laughs> right? You know what? We can do like the Japanese. We make boxes. <laughs> No, they. <laughs> yeah, we make box and one sit in the box and the other one sit on top of the box. <laughs> we can do that even. Yeah, why not? You know, we can make like some pole here, you know, temporary pole, you know, foldable, and some wood blank on top, and you just crawl in to come in, and the other. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't even need the staircase. You just stand on top of the other shoulder and just jump on top. Yeah. 
We can do that, no? What? Yeah, bunk bed, bunk bed. Yeah, yeah, we could do that, huh? Yeah, huh? Why not? Oh, master knows everything. <laughs> yeah, everybody has their own bed too. <laughs> no, no, bunk bed's not enough, honey. We have to make like some pole here and then just wood plank on top, thick, two, three, four, huh? Double, triple wood plank on top, yeah? Then just a skinny one can go up. <laughs> Actually, when I think about it, we don't even need a pole. The fat guy is standing underneath. <laughs> it's a very stable, no? And then all these skinny guys and small girls go up. Next time I want to see this construction. <laughs> Yeah, you have to sacrifice for each other, no? <laughs> you see some of the sculpture they make, like, in temple or decoration. They make a, a guy, like, crawling, and then some table on top of his back, yeah? But not real guys, statues, you know? Or sometimes four dogs underneath, or some crocodiles, yeah? <laughs> yeah, and then it become a table, no? Exquisite table. So here we can make exquisite meditation hall. Yeah, we save money for the ten. We don't need it, right? We just make double, double, double. Wow, we can do that. That's easily like three houses, <laughs> and you become tree. You know, the the person underneath is tree. We have a lot of you know solid and plum person here. We can make a lot of bowls like that. <laughs> yeah, and the rest. If tired, take turn. You know? <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> We can extra because everybody come. <laughs> Weekend is free, yeah? So even uh, the one who is not allowed can come. And we, we give them permission to come with condition. <laughs> you have to wait how much, yeah? <laughs> you have to be like weightlifter before or like a champ of uh, Spanish, you know? <laughs> how much can you hold? <laughs> And how long? <laughs> yeah, all these questionnaires have to be answered. And then we can allow all the bad people also can come. <laughs> and they're married, no? <laughs> yeah, good idea. I'm such a businesswoman. <laughs> I'm surprised at myself. We can do that, huh? Then everybody can come. The one who don't meditate too well can also come. The one who never meditate at all. <laughs> As long as you're tough enough to hold this for four hours, this course, oh, okay, we, we let them have a rest after every two hours and have a tea or something and quickly come back. <laughs> Lunch and dinner don't count. Yeah? Mm. <sighs> Why didn't we think about that before? <laughs> huh? You're too in love, you're blind, you don't even think of anything. Everything must have to think. No, truly, that can be done like that, no? can be done, at least a couple of sides over there, yeah? Some pole and then... And it fold it back, you know? Or take it away. Just some screw or something, hold it, and when we don't use it, we take it away. Or just keep it for historical... How you say? Historical uh, benchmark or something? <laughs> okay, now we go to the love, okay? It's enough to choke. Why do we even need to tell a joke? We just look at each other, talk nonsense, and laugh anyway. (laughs) 
No, it's not a joke. We can do that, okay? Or we can also dig holes in the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, 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 why are you afraid? <laughs> and we just dig a hole and put like transparent glass on it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody sitting up there. <laughs> Can you <they> look up? <laughs> you know the the lousy practitioners <laughs> can sit under somebody else's bottom and look up. <laughs> well. If they don't practice well, they have to look up to somebody. <laughs> they look up to somebody who practices well, no? So that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so from now on, only the good practitioners sit up there, and the lousy one, we allow them to come. Since now we can dig holes and we have enough room, <laughs> we let them come, and they couldn't look up all day long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not too bad, is it? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they prefer that than staying home and crying over there. No? Yeah, okay. That's a good idea. Okay, Paris Center, you hear that? <laughs> you will be the first ever. <laughs> and all the center will follow up. <laughs> My God, yeah. What is up there beyond the wood? Empty attic, right? Huh? How how short is it? <laughs> can somebody lay on it? You cannot sit, just lay down, no? We can sit. Huh? We can sit. Can sit if you strengthen the the thing. This is only wood, right? This is not uh, good enough. But if it's a strong wood, can huh? Yeah, we can put beam, tack, tack. Tack, yeah, big beam, and then uh, the wood will support it. The beam will support it. And dig a hole and put glass. <laughs> and we sit here and look up to them. Huh? <laughs> For fifth level people, she said. Yeah. So, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't understand it. Why? <laughs> At least you have humility. <laughs> I don't mean humility. I mean honesty. <laughs> Knowing yourself is is a good point to start. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From now on, whoever can come here, we we check the level. <laughs> You know, accordingly. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a very green project, you know. <laughs> In accordance to the planet's uh, uh, trend, you know, at the moment, save lots of space. Yeah, save electricity, save heater. You know, <laughs> the small room but three layers, then a lot of warmth. <laughs> Maybe it will be like forever spring in this room. Because it's always warm. We don't even need heater anymore, right? Yeah. Wow, good idea. Eh? Starting after this weekend. <laughs> Think of what to do. <laughs> wow, this would be cool, huh? Actually. Huh? Don't have Keller? 
This center don't have keller, huh? The basement. Basement, yeah. How come? Don't have uh, basement, don't have attic. <laughs> what kind? <laughs> and you didn't even make it. You know, you could dig a hole and make an attic out of it. And dig a hole here and make a keller, no? That's not difficult, is it? <laughs> All you have to do is a render a uh, digger, you know the how you say? Huh? The machine? Dig in machine? And ask all the neighbor to go away for <laughs> We pay them to go away for a month or something. <laughs> and come back, no? Yeah, and you're done. Huh? Gee. So easy and don't even do I don't know what kind of enlightenment you have. Can't even do such a small job. Okay, we continue with the love of this couple. Mm. Masnun, a handsome and brave youth, was madly in love with the king of Persia's beautiful daughter, Laila. Wow, he's in trouble. Hmm? <laughs> of all the girls, he has to be in love with the king's daughter. <laughs> and she's supposed to be very beautiful even. You know what that means? Means he has a lot of competitors, eh? That's why he's in trouble. In the old time, if the two men want the same girl, they have to make a duo. You know that? Fighting with each other until one is dead. Or the other one knows cut also, I don't know. Suppose one dead and, and one guy become wounded, yeah? Or handicapped. Then what's the use of that? <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe he didn't die, but his nose gone. <laughs> or maybe he's cut in the wrong part. <laughs> Don't be so graphic. <laughs> Who needs your excellent explanation? Everybody understand. They are very enlightened in this matter. You know, need <laughs> no need for your for your cheap advice. Huh? Oh God! <laughs> I don't know. It's a love story. <laughs> it's a love story, but we laugh. <laughs> you guys are really crazy. <laughs> love at anything at all. <laughs> this is a very serious love story. You know? <laughs> now be serious, all right? <laughs> we deal with kings and princes and all that here. Ah, one good thing is that Lila also was very in love with him, and deeply, according to the story, she's deeply in love with him. She's so much in love with him, March noon, that she prevailed upon her father, the king, to announce that whatever March noon might want in any shop in the city's great bazaars, it was to be given to him, free of charge. Wow. Full payment would be made from the king's treasury. All of the shopkeepers would notice of that. Yeah, we're told. For himself, Masnun wanted no worldly objects to speak of, for his heart was on fire with his love for Lila. 
But when the idlers and the vagabonds of the city heard the king's order, they all adopted the name of Masnun <laughs> and began to take away everything they wanted <laughs> from the shops. <laughs> oh, typical. As a result, it was not long before the bazaars were completely empty and the shelves of every shop bare. <laughs> oh, you think? <laughs> Beware. The wolf in the sheep clothes. Né? Mm. This is kind of, I think, also um, a parable né? about about a real lover of God and fake lover of God. Né? Okay. Because they just uh, wear like him, they just talk like him and make the name like him. In the old time, you don't even have photograph to prove it. Yeah? They just painted the photo if they want a photo of somebody. But it takes so long to paint some picture, you can't even give it to all the shops, yeah, to identify Masnun. Okay. The merchants and town people stormed in a body to the palace of the king to complain. Oh, king, they said, there may be one, two, or even ten Masnun, but such a thing would be entirely possible. But certainly there cannot be hundreds Thousands of Mansnun, hundreds of thousands of them. They are looted in the city, right and left, and a stop must be put to it at once. Of course, ne? when all the men in Tao become Mansnun, can you imagine how much the whole kingdom? Yeah? Too much. I will consult with Lila, the king replied, and will then make a plan to put an end to this great deception and dishonesty. Is Masnun one man, two men, or more? The king asked Lila. The city is filled with Masnuns, and they have ransacked every shop in the bazaars. Lila at once understood what had happened. Leave everything to me, she said. Please, father, don't worry. I will quickly rid the city of these impostors masquerading as Masnun. You will see the results of my plan by tomorrow at the latest. So, Lila then sent for the chief officer of her bodyguard and ordered him, send your soldiers through every part of the city at once, preceded by drummers beating on their drums, and have the soldiers announce to all people that I will go to the bazaar tomorrow with a dagger, you know, a knife, dagger, right, in my hand to collect Man Masnun's flesh. He should present himself before you and be prepared. Okay. So when the soldier made this announcement, every false Masnun disappeared, <laughs> as if by magic. And only one true Masnun remained. He came before the soldiers, bare his body, and said, Kindly tell my beloved that I am ready to be killed. <laughs> okay, you understand? Hmm? So only the true lover is not afraid of any test or any demand from his love, because he knows it's just a test. Yeah? This is just a parable of uh, people who is in love with God. They fear nothing else. You understand? Even if God command them to die now, they would do it. 
They live for God, they die for God, and only God alone. It's a nice story, no? At least we had a good laugh, huh? This <laughs> later it become too serious. Huh? <laughs> okay. You know, this is also likened to many of the uh, the people who proclaim themselves, yeah? Uh, to be spiritual, or to love God and all that, but in fact, they're not really after God, yeah? They're just after the name of uh, a lover of God, yeah? Or they're just after some prophet, uh, maybe recognition from the people, from the innocent people who doesn't know what is fake, what is real, maybe some material profit from that, or maybe some fame, yeah? Or maybe just to satisfy the vanity, yeah, that they are good. So even uh, ascetism or renunciation is not the real guarantee of a person's spiritual enlightenment, as we, as we have uh, read before that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes renunciation also makes you feel very great. You feel proud. Look, I am a so and so, huh? Uh, ascetic. I'm a saint. I'm a sage. I forsake everything. I go into the forest. I eat only once a day. Uh, I stay only uh, in the forest uh, under the tree. I don't even have uh, any possession. I'm great. You see, the ego make you feel that way, but not not guarantee nothing. Hmm? As you have seen in the story of Moses, a lot of people left whatever they have and go with Moses with nothing. But they don't even understand what the purpose of freedom, hmm? because they went out there in a free a country, free land, promised land, and they're easy to practice their uh, faith. But they didn't use their freedom rightly, yeah. And then they just became lazy. Uh, their freedom gained easily, and they did not care. They think they did a good job already. They left everything behind, and now they should enjoy. So they plunge themselves into sensual pleasure and worship a goat just for easy escape, yeah? And just to make an excuse that, well, I am worshiping something. <laughs> I am religious, yeah? I have faith, yeah? I am a virtuous person, blah, blah, blah. But in fact, it's all just for show and stupidity and vain excuse. Whom are you cheating? Huh? <laughs> You're just cheating yourself, right? The same like in this story, all the fake lover of the princess, they just want profit, you see? They don't really love the princess at all. That's why when she demands their life, they run away. (laughs) Similar like that, similar like that. The true devotee of God have no fear of hardship, no fear of trouble, no fear of any test or command from their beloved. It's just a fact one just want to join in sometimes for fun or have nothing to do. <laughs> and they heart, their heart don't belong here. Yeah? So any little thing, they run away. Any little hardship, any little demand, any little test, they run away. You understand me? Yeah. So it's good. It's good that we know the story of love. Mm. It's a kind of worldly love in the story, but it is meant to... Tell us about the real story of love for God. Yeah? Any question concerning this love? As usual, no. <laughs> Need I to ask? <laughs> Master knows everything. <laughs> or she doesn't know everything. That's why she keeps asking us. <laughs>
Yeah. So we talk about the the love of God, eh? the real love of eh? Okay, I read you another story, okay? Okay. This story is a... Uh, what is this? Any English? Yesterday, uh, a Muslim who didn't ever read... <laughs> a person who didn't even read the greatest poet of all time. One of the greatest of all time in person. And today the English don't even know the word. <laughs> Master knows everything. <laughs> you don't need to, right? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, there is explained. Let no one slander the perfect mystic, for he and God are one. That's Kabir again. Sata and Balwanta were a couple of Pathis, mean chanting singers, in Guru's uh, Ajandev Sangat, mean the assembly of saints. Yeah, Sangat, yeah. With little understanding of their own uh, temerity, they ask that they should be given money by the Sangat to help them pay for a wedding in the family. When they didn't get what they want, they left the Sangat altogether, the two singers. Secretly, they harbor a belief that their sweet voices would be so much missed that no one else would bother to attend satsang either. <laughs> satsang means the discourse of the true master, eh? about the truth. So they think if they left the guru's place, yeah, the ashram, and nobody would ever come there to listen to the master. Do you understand? Okay, that's clear. So, much saddened by their behavior, the guru sahib called them several times to once again, again, sings for the Sangat. They did not relent. Seeing this, the very humble and gentle Guru then went personally to speak with them himself. He was not at all put out by their refusals and asked them kindly, Please come and sing for the Sangat. Do not be so upset. You may have all the money available and any amount later as well. The singer was still not appeased. In fact, they were convinced now more than ever because the master has spoken to them personally that the guru could not do without them, that the guru really in desperate need of them. Poof! <laughs> Talking about arrogance. Oh, we do have some of that kind of people, believe it. I, I have some. <laughs> I've seen some. So they went around their friends, telling everyone that the Sangat only came to hear them, not the Master. <laughs> believe that or not? <laughs> they even said that Guru Nanak owned his fame to the beautiful singing of his singers. <laughs> You know, in India, before the satsang, before the master discourse, they make singing, dancing and all that. Like we do that sometimes, yeah? It's a volunteer by the disciples. But uh, I don't know these people, why they are so arrogant like that. Well, I told you the ego is some terrible troublemaker. Huh? If you are successful at something, then the ego say to you, that's it, you know, you are the best. And nobody can do 
and anything without you. And that's how the ego keeps growing. You see what I mean? The ego grows in this kind of environment. Yes. Otherwise, if you don't have the ego, then it cannot grow. You must have had some already. You see what I mean? And you nurture it by this kind of stupid thinking. An attachment to your success, to your talent, or your, uh, how you say, possession, eh? whatever you have and you think good at it, that the ego will claim for you the glory, the fake glory, the empty glory that you think you have. Can you believe that? (laughs) By saying this, they had denigrated all the gurus from the time of Guru Nanak because all the Sikh gurus have had a lot of singers before they have discourse, yeah? So they think, oh, because of them, the Guru Nanak has become famous. Or the guru, after Guru Nanak, had become famous, not because of the Master Enlightenment or uh, amazing discourse, or, you know, enlightening discourse, but because of their sweet voice. That's what they believe. So the guru said to them again, You could have said anything against me, but you should not have slandered Guru Nanak and his successors. Go now, go away. Not only you, but even those who set their eyes upon you will suffer. Of course, such kind of ego like that will make trouble for everybody, right? And such a sin that they committed, that anybody even befriended them, would suffer too, you know, the related karma, the collective karma with them. Just like if you are connected with uh, an enlightened, virtuous person or a master, then you derive some benefit from their virtues, their merit. The same if you associate yourself with some great sinners like this, hmm? then of course you have to share their sin as well. Yeah, you are the company you keep, no? If anyone, the guru continued to say, if anyone comes to me recommending your services, he will find that his face will be blackened. He will be paraded through town on a donkey and chased by urchins. The guru was really mad now, I think. (laughs) He tell the truth. He's not cursing them. He's just telling them the consequence of their you know, uh, disrespectful action and words and thought. You see, they commit all thought, yeah, thinking bad, negatively, and acting negatively toward the guru and slander, yeah, talking negatively about all the gurus even, not just the present guru. They don't realize what they have done to themselves. Yeah? This is a very great sin that they have committed. So the guru subsequently took on new singers for the satsang, and as God would have it, Sata and Bhavanta became very ill. These two singers that have slandered the guru became very ill. Their discased bodies were disfigured, and all their money was spent on doctors and medicine. All the other disciples avoided them because they had been banished by the guru. Every door was closed to them. In desperation, they both went to visit a disciple called Baha'i Lata, who was well known for his extraordinary kindness and compassion. Lada 
Give us some help, please. Save us. No one can bear the sight of us. Lada also covered his face so he would not have to look at them because they're so sinful. If you look at them, their sin will rub off on you. There are such things. There's a transference of karma. You know that very well. Yeah? So when you're with somebody who's highly developed, saying you feel very comfortable, yeah? Blessed and blissful for no reason. Sometimes you are with somebody, you feel very dragged, you know, aggressive, you feel agitated. You suddenly change your temper, yeah? For no reason. To, for worse, you know, for worse, not for better. Then you must know that person is no good for you. Okay. Wow. So Lada cover his face so he doesn't have to see these two desperate sinners. This is the worst sin they, ha- they could commit. I mean, apart from killing the guru, yeah? This is also very bad sin, yeah? Second to killing the guru, uh, the act of killing the guru, that's it, second to it, is the worst. <sighs> the guru had warned that even those who set eyes on them would suffer, and so... And to be rebuffed by the guru is a fate worse than death. Yeah, it is like that. Because the guru has been so kind to them, so humble, yeah, and loyal to them. Not that he could not hire other singers, but he just humble and loyal, you see? And he even come and talk to them and say, come back and we give you anything you want, and from now and later even. Even that, yeah? Their ego won't let them relent. Huh? And... Can you refuse a guru already. This already very bad sin. Yeah, you lessen your merit, and now you even slander the gurus. My God, nobody can help you in that case. Of course, the guru have said the truth that even somebody look at you, he would be black in his face. He doesn't mean the color. It mean maybe the light will even be shut off. You understand me? Because of such a sin, it will attract everything and burn it all off. Yeah? Attract the good things and burn it off. Such a grave sin, like a black hole in the universe. You understand me? Suck everything inside and disappear. Yeah, such a people like that, of course, very sinful, no? Heaven would refuse them, huh? How can you treat a master like that? Yeah? Not only you're not humble, eh? you make mistake already, and the master already humbly come to you and offer anything that you say you want it and still don't relent. Understand me? Then this kind of person can only go to hell. No? Heaven cannot accept this kind of people. Suppose even this guru in the story is not even an enlightened master. Eh? Now maybe he's not even a great master, okay? But he's practicing goodness, you see? He's a virtuous person. Yeah, the sick guru at that time, up to the tenth, you know, this one is... Uh, in between guru and he a vegetarian eh? he meditate yeah on god he loves god he take care of people he take care of his disciple so even if he is not a great master he's a virtuous person yeah he's a saintly uh, person so you go against this person when they already humbly try to make peace with you then is of course no good eh? not to talk about you are a disciple and betray the master and go out and talk bad things about him, about things he has. It's not true. You understand me? So uh, we don't need to believe in hell or anything. <laughs> we would know this kind of person can only harm you if you even look at them. 
yeah, they will transfer their badness to you, the negative energy to you. No, so of course the guru did not really curse them. He just spoke the truth to let them know at least where they stand. Yeah, in case they want to repent, but no, they didn't. You see, and then they fell ill, they lost all their fortune, they in trouble, and then they come to this disciple who is the most compassionate and maybe loving and kind. But even this guy, he covered his face. I would, if I were him. So Lada said to them, "All right," because he was so kind. Uh, I shall do my best for you. Just leave me now. <laughs> he don't want to look further. <laughs> he don't want to keep covering his face too long. No, in India it's hot, you know. You cover your face too long, you sweat, you know. <laughs> Get away first, and I do what I can. No. <laughs> Keeping to the conditions set by the guru, Bahai Lada blackened his face. He rode a donkey through village after village, chased all the wow by urchins. Eventually, he reached Amrita and the house of his master. Oh my God! What's all the noise about? Asked Guru Ajahn as Lada arrived on the donkey. His entourage of urchins, and uh, some of his attendants report to the guru, saying, "Lada is coming to see you on a donkey." So, Lada, please, with the guru Ajahn, please, dear master, tell me where in all the world can someone go who has been disowned by their guru? So the guru was touched by these words of Lada's. So he said, "Very well." Someone Sata and Bawata, the two singers. Yes, he said, and ask them to sing the praises of the gurus, just as they have recently slandered them. What they sang is recorded in the Adi Granth. Those censored by the saints have no place to go. Sata, Sata and Bawata had to pay heavily for speaking ill of the masters, and that's at the end. But he has saved them, nevertheless. You know, instead of slandering the gurus, now they sing praises. So they wrote beautiful songs out of their repentance. I guess they wrote beautiful songs and keep singing the praise of the master instead to balance it. No, what you have done bad, now you have to do good. Huh? But because they repent, yeah, they knew their trouble, they knew their badness, so they repented and they wrote beautiful songs. Therefore, their beautiful songs have been included in the Granth Sahib. That means the the Bible of the of the Sikhs. Yeah, so people still sing them them nowadays, and that was a true story then. <laughs> yeah, because of this good disciple, so he forgave them. Yeah, but also because of their true repentance. Yeah. Okay, whatever we have done, however bad. If we repent, of course, the master or the heaven always forgive you. The master forgive you anyway, already before you even commit your sin. It's just you have to bear the consequence of what you do, yeah, and to act bad, negatively against any enlightened master is the worst thing you could ever do. Not that the master care; it's just the law of cause and effect will descend upon you, and before you know it, you do. Luckily, these two guys they repent, yeah, and they、uh, redeem themselves by doing the opposite things. Yeah, that's it. Huh? 
as a good lesson for all of us. Like if we do something bad and we want to redeem, then we have to do the opposite. Yes? Remember, uh, um, there was a man come to Gandhi, asked for advice, because he said he surely go to hell. Maybe Gandhi can help him how to get out of hell, because he killed two Muslim boys. Yeah? So Gandhi say, "Oh, I have the way out of hell. <laughs> you go and you go out and adopt another two Muslim boy and raise him as your sons." That's it. Isn't that simple? Yes. In the Buddhism, also uh, there's a story uh, of uh, the guy who wanted to kill the Buddha until the because he he wanted to cut uh, uh, a finger of 100 person 100 fingers and he become uh, he become a saint so some somebody cheat him like that tell him the bad things so he want to kill the buddha but he never can no look he's he want to kill the buddha but his knife never touch him so he asked the buddha what happened why <laughs> because you seem to be protected by a wall that i cannot even see how come so the buddha have took pity on him and convert him, yeah? And then he repented, he dropped the knife, and he also became one of his disciples, even after so much sin he has done, yeah? Once you change the the course of your life, it's different, yeah? Instead of go south, if you know you want to go north, just turn around, (laughs) yeah? Turn around, go north, yeah? Okay, that's very simple. So whatever you think sin that you have done, just change it. Hmm? Do the opposite. Make up for it. That is not too late to do anywhere, anytime. Yeah. Okay? Hmm. But I know you're not sinful anyway. You are saints, so I don't worry about you. <laughs> Talking about other, some people, other people, anybody else. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Huh? What? <laughs> you're including it? Well, at least you're honest. That's to make you a saint, too. <laughs> Honesty is good, no? Mm. All right. Okay. So, did you enjoy the story? Yes. Any question? <laughs> huh? No? So simple. Yeah, you seem to be very more enlightened. Yeah, for my liking. You have progressed a lot. Although, you see, um, you know, I do feel it, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be proof or pinpoint. You just feel it, eh? Yeah, by your question, by your not questions. By <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the atmosphere. Eh? Of, course, of course, some of you have still some little problem, yeah, or maybe been rubbed off by some of the singers, <laughs> you know, in the guru's court. But then uh, every time retreat, we cleanse it, see? Yeah. Even the small one, you cleanse at home. The big one, retreat, cleanse it. Yeah, and you will come back home, you feel better, no? Cleaner, yeah, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Until you play with the mud again, like my dogs. I, then I got to clean again. <laughs> But it's okay. It's okay. Mm. You see, my dogs, this is about dogs, but it's similar to your story. (laughs) 
My dogs, they don't stay outside all day. You see what I mean? They just go out for 20 minutes, half an hour, every some hours, you know, four or five times a day. Four or five times a day, we take them out, yeah, so that they can do their business, no? Yeah. Uh, 20 minutes, yeah? If it's cold, 15 minutes, they run back. <laughs> the attendant also want to run back. If it's a nice day, it can be a little longer, yeah? But then, and then they come back inside the house. We clean them up, yeah, uh, with a vinegar solution, yeah, some vinegar, like 50-50, and then use the water to clean again so they don't smell too bad or the vinegar um, residues don't hurt their eyes or too much all day vinegar, you know, four or five times vinegar. So after vinegar, we clean with water, yeah? And in winter, we wash their paws with warm water. In summer, no cold, okay, yeah? Winter, warm water, yeah? To wash their paws because their paws are most muddy. They go and dig in stuff, you know? <laughs> so, But they come out, they got muddy, and we come back in, clean them. So they clean again, perfect. They jump on my sofa, jump on my bed, jump anywhere, jump on top of my hair, <laughs> drop anything, and don't leave any dirt because they're absolutely clean. Not only we wipe them, but we put uh, warm water in, in a small container and wash their paw with it first. Everything else we wipe, but the paw you have to dip in the water and clean it. Just like your, your feet, when it's muddy, you have to dip in water and clean it, no? So we clean them with a, in a bulk water. So even though they went out and get muddy and dirty, but they come in immediately clean and can go back in the house again. Yeah. Similarly, the spiritual practitioner is unavoidable that when you're dealing with the human uh, outside or some people are not very good, or you are mm, be uh, you will be affected by some of the, the negative thought of the world which is crisscrossing everywhere in the air. But when you sit down to meditate, you cleanse it all out. Yeah? And the bigger cleaning when we go together like this on retreat. You understand? Yeah. That's why uh, even if you are dirty, you get cleansed. You see what I mean? Uh, not like the dogs outside, the wild dogs, who never get cleansed. And then they have sickness in their body and all that, and other trouble, or hungry, cold, nobody cares. You see what I mean? My dog also goes out, get muddy, but just temporary, yeah? Just like you, see? You go out, you work, maybe you get affected, but temporary. <laughs> when you go inside your house, in the kingdom of God, you cleanse again. Yeah. And we continue like that until the day... We go back to the real house, and we don't ever have to be dirty again. Because inside the house, never dirty, right? <laughs> inside my house, always clean. What's wrong? <laughs> what? <laughs> you want some cake? <laughs> what is it, love? Did I offend you? <laughs> Something? Touch your, heart. touch your heart by cleanliness? <laughs> <laughs> Just for love. You don't need it, really. Mm. <sighs> So don't worry about, yeah, your problem. Uh, we have to deal with the fixed karma of this lifetime. Hmm? We have to undergo suffer or not suffer because of something we left behind last life and we didn't clean it well. And this lifetime we have to do what we have to do, yeah? But don't worry, you always get cleansed, yeah? And once you're up there, nobody can touch you anymore. 
and this lifetime maybe they still can touch you. Even if you're a great saint, they still can bring suffering to you. They still can touch you because you're here in this physical planet nearby. Yeah, but once you're up there already, after this physical planet, nobody can do anything to you ever again. Just once more time suffer now. Yeah, and even then, already much much smoother than before. No, less suffering. Eh? Sometimes suffer in a dream only. Yeah, and more meditation, less suffering. So it's cool already, yeah? Okay. Uh, Congratulations. Hmm? Okay. I see you later, huh? Yeah. You may meditate or you can eat the cakes, yeah? (laughs) And then meditate. May I come back and disturb you again later? (laughs) Wake you up like here. One side. This and the other side. Okay? Share. See you. Wow, nice And And if any of you goes home, I wish you a safe journey. Hmm? Pleasant time. And see you another time, anytime. We see each other, okay? <laughs> love, love. Yeah.